rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So yesterday, the uh, Charlottesville rally happened and all of the chaos there. And I decided at some point, all right, I need to detach for a bit. I'm going to watch the X-Files. It'll take my mind off of this. And the episode fucking began with a group of aliens and rags being mass murdered by some soldiers. So, uh, That was not the escapism that you were hoping for? (laughs) I think we're starting to—I mean, not starting because the X-Files has always had this, but— What the X-Files is a metaphor for is becoming clearer to me, at least in this – in these more mythology-based episodes. I mean every single uh, standalone episode has kind of had its own thing it's about. It's picked something fucked up about America or something and even as we've seen certain buckets that they fall into. But the mythology episodes are interesting in that – I don't know. In these two episodes – what's going on is so ambiguous, right? We have these two possible explanations is that aliens are happening, there's hybrids, super soldiers, and all of that. Or we have an actual Nazi scientist experimenting on people for the for ill-gotten scientific research, which is the thing that has happened in the real world, that does happen in the real world. Um, it's using the alien metaphor and the... What I'm surprised the most about so far in the X-Files is how the aliens aren't really the villains. I had thought going in that, and maybe this will change as we learn more about the mythology and everything, but I thought this show was about the government covering up an alien invasion, but it seems that more of the cover-up is about the government using the aliens in a really shitty way. Yeah, and I I think that there's a couple things there, so... First off, I want to say that I really enjoyed these two episodes, Nisei and 731. I think these are probably some of the strongest mythology. This is probably like one of the strongest mythology two-parters mm. of the entire show's run. I really do think that. It's just really well done. Yeah. But I was struck by, ha- like watching the second part this morning, I was really struck by how weird this show is. Yeah. Because it's essentially two shows in one mm-hmm. you, you get the standalone monster of the week stuff and then you get this like mythology stuff and the sh- i don't show it doesn't i would say the show almost feels like fanfic of itself sometimes in that way <laughs> like we're you know I, i'm thinking about the simpsons episode where Mulder and scully appeared i mean that's not really that different from for any of the other standalones we've seen right i mean it's just Let's put them into a weird case and they're going to investigate this. Yeah, because in a, in a certain sense, you could make the argument probably that, that the mythology episodes in a, in a way are the show doing a bit of a tonal shift in the same way that it tonally shifts a lot of the Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah. Now, I, I would say that the mythology episodes on the whole have a consistent tone, yeah. which is holy fuck, essentially. <laughs> Um, like throughout the entirety of each episode, but like, I, I, I think what I want to ask you is you've seen enough mythology episodes now that, I mean, we've tracked it all through two and a half seasons of the show now and each mythology episode, instead of answering questions, kind of piles more questions in there and more concepts in there. 
And, you know, what what initially, like you said, came out to be, okay. there's these bog standard, uh, you know, big headed gray aliens with the big eyes that are flying around in flying saucers, abducting people. And the government is covering up some sort of like. You know they they they're going to invade Earth or they are they have invaded Earth or they're here. The government's covering it up for some reason, and then it kind of like gets further and further away from that idea and mm-hmm. starts spinning out the stuff about green blood and alien human hybrids and the the alien bounty hunters and 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 now we have this sort of like uh, you know World War Two Axis Japanese. Uh, sort of Dr. Mengele style stuff going on in this episode with the, with the leper colony. It is very refreshing to have a show that is explicitly Nazis or evil fucks, and we probably did some wrong deals with the devil with them. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that yeah yeah, especially <laughs> what's going on in the world now. Uh, but I don't know this. You know, like Richard said, this is uh, recorded the day after the Charlottesville uh, murder and uh, riot, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, you know, since it's like that was what like five weeks ago at this point, like who the hell knows what's happening? We could all be dead. I don't know. Maybe you're not listening to this because North Korea nuked us. Listen, um, uh, if if like future species archaeologists somehow listen to this podcast and they're recreating our civilization. I'm very sorry you didn't see the best of us. Things were pretty beautiful for a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, like, I guess the question that I want to ask you is, wh- do you think that this makes sense? Like, do the mythology episodes make sense? It doesn't need to make sense. And uh, so, so... um the interactive fiction writer Adam Cadre, I really like his stuff. I've probably mentioned him a few times. He wrote a review of uh, Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick, you know, which is about Tom Cruise seeing all these super rich people having these weird decadent orgies. And his point about it was that this movie is not literally making the point that super rich people are having decadent orgies like this. This isn't, you know, what the movie is about, showing the secret world. But the the decadent orgies are a symbol of whatever rich people get to do that you don't when you hit a certain mm-hmm. level the the hyper rich the 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 donald trumps of the world the 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 capitalist motherfucks who are you know benefiting from everybody those eight people who have you know 90% of the world's wealth or whatever they're doing something with that money right and so kubrick imagines this as these just these stylized decadent orgies but it could be anything it could just be simple you know, it doesn't really matter. And so I think what the X-Files is, it doesn't really matter what exactly the government conspiracy is doing. It doesn't matter if it's covering up alien invasions or if it's experimenting on aliens or if it's experimenting on prisoners. It doesn't matter. What matters in the show is that the government is doing something untoward. The government is lying to the people. The government is covering up itself up. The government is – or – I mean, I, I can't even say the government, really, because we have all these fractured splinter groups. But, you know, let, let's use the government for the sake of shorthand. The government is covering sure. something up. The government is doing something morally wrong. The government is offending the truth. I mean, there's that line that we will probably get very deep into about, I want an apology for the truth at the end. I mean, right. again, it doesn't matter. In the real world, I don't believe that there are aliens and that the government has experimented and created hybrids as the result of super soldiers. No. I do believe that the government has covered up gerrymandering, though. Um, I do believe that, you know, capitalism has it, it has encouraged uh, 
a culture of white supremacy. I mean, that to me is what all of the X-Files alien stuff is really about. Yeah, I mean, so to a certain degree, yes, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that, I mean, the only thing I will say is that I, I would be, and this is more for me than for yeah. you, like I myself am hesitant to uh, kind of draw any sort of conclusions about the politics of the X-Files or the politics of Chris Carter yeah. only because I don't know what they are. And I certainly don't think that Chris Carter is some sort of white nationalist or anything, but I also don't know that he's a socialist. But and so, there are plenty of, I mean, there are a lot of right-wing conspiracy theorists who believe that the government is lying to us. I mean, you know, I... I chemtrails. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. But I, I think you're right to look at these episodes as allegories for the problems of modern-day American society vis-a-vis our relationship with the federal government. And I, I also think that people probably put a little too much stock into the mythology making sense. Yeah. Because I kind of think that the messiness of the mythology is part of the point. Because you kind of have to say, all right, well, why are they writing it like this? Because they're piling more and more shit onto this, you know, concept of an alien cover-up. And it's getting more and more out of control. I mean, I have seen The X-Files in its entirety uh, once only because I stopped watching the show, um, I think, like in the sixth or seventh season because I went to college. <laughs> and, you know, you, you just don't watch a lot of TV in your first year of college or you shouldn't. Speak to yourself. <laughs> and yeah. And uh, and and so, like, I, I kind of caught up with the show later on, yeah. but I never watched like the last couple of seasons because I, I wasn't that interested in them. But and I know, mean, I, I know watch... there's stuff like Mulder leaves and you know things like that, so I can see there being right. fewer reasons. I'm very excited for those seasons, paradoxically, because I can't see them being good, and I'm curious to what how they're going to be bad. But anyway, um, yeah, and I, I have my own opinions about that, which we will get to when we get to seasons eight and nine of the X Files. But I, I think that for the most part, you know, the mythology stuff, like it's pretty much uh, understood at this point that it doesn't hang together. It doesn't ever really make a whole lot of sense. It's much more about mood and tone than it is about telling a coherent narrative about anything. But I think that's the point of it. I I think that like if Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz and and who were the two like main guys that, that wrote most of the mythology episodes actually wanted the mythology to hang together and make sense, they could do it. And but they don't do it. They keep like ignoring. Well, they don't ignore it. They just kind of like go are it because in a weird way, the the mythology two parters or even mythology episodes in general, while it is sort of like a, a the feeling of a of a serialized narrative, in a weird way, each each plot of the mythology sections of the show are just kind of like siloed away and and they kind of reference them and they kind of don't but whatever is going on in that season's mythology episodes doesn't really get revisited and it just yeah. kind of like piles up in on itself it, because Mulder and Scully can never get the full picture of what's going on it feels almost like the mythology episodes have a random flare up every so often like you know just suddenly we're dealing with mythology stuff and we're trying to you know and they're desperately trying to deal with it and then just things quiet down and settled down and everything's gone quiet and they haven't really gone any further and or figured anything out 
Yeah, and I and I think that like you see that in in these two episodes as well, of course, because one of the things that I really like about Nisei and Seven Thirty One is, well, more specifically about Seven Thirty One because it's got the the great uh, leveler of having Mulder stuck on a train yeah. for the entirety of the episode, which is just like a fantastic concept. Uh, and then you have like I don't know the non union equivalent of. Uh, uh, um, Lance Hendrickson or something because he kind of looks like <laughs> I don't know what's going on there but it, it is the case that Scully going off and having her own adventures especially in in the second episode right and in a certain sense I think that if you could say what these two episodes are about if they're about anything is really about Scully becoming personally invested yeah in the alien conspiracy investigation in a way that she never was before. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess what's key to me is that exchange towards the end where, you know, she basically does say at one point, listen, you're doing their work for them. You're taking what they're showing you and you're spiraling it out. And we've seen Mulder be able to be manipulated because someone suggests something aliens. Aliens! That's great! I can prove this! And he, right. you know, goes off and he's exploring their things. So... I mean, the fact that they never end up figuring out what this is, I mean, only helps the metaphor because at the end of the day, they're going – I mean, this is how science works, right? It looks at a phenomenon. It comes up with an understanding of it and an explanation with the understanding that we may get new information that changes this entirely, that shows that it's actually a completely different thing. And we mm-hmm. may never, quote unquote, get the truth, but the, you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for it, that we can't get a working model of the truth and all of that. Um, Mulder and Scully maybe by definition can never get the truth of what's going on because the truth is so fucking huge and they're so fucking tiny. I mean, there's two of them against everybody and... Uh, I, I mean, I think about the part where the senator, you know, is giving the list and he's saying, you know, I don't know what is on the train exactly. I don't even know everything. There's still some secrets from me. There is, I don't believe that there is anybody in the world of the X-Files, even the cigarette smoking man, even the members of the conspiracy, who could tell you, here's what's going on. Here's everything that's happening because everybody has secrets from everybody else. Mulder and Scully will never get to the truth because the truth is impossible to get because it's so fractured. Yeah. And everybody has their own angle, yeah. right? I mean, Senator Matheson has his own angle, which I think is probably being a power bottom daddy. Uh, we also have uh, we also have, um, uh, you know, Deeper Throat X, whatever you want to call yeah, him. Who... Uh, you know, he's got his own angle. We don't know what's going on with him. I love how but, but... every time he appears, he just does the ex- exact opposite of what you expect him to do. And so, like, I I have even less of an idea who he is every single time. And I kind of like that because, I mean, Deep Throat, every time we met Deep Throat, he was characterized further. We got to know him. Even, you know, mm-hmm. we, we got to... Be sympathetic. He and Mulder managed to get a little bond toward, you know, towards the end. And at, at, neither Scully nor Mulder are able to pe- are able to penetrate Deep Throat. Ew, goodness phrasing. Um, but and he's doing – he's such a closed book. I, I love that character just because he's – He's a lot – He you know what he is is he's a lot like Skinner. 
He's mm. he's kind of the inverse of Skinner. And I think that like that's of course why they had that yeah. like, hand-to-hand combat at the end of the second oh, yeah, season yeah, yeah. because they had to do that at some point because they're basically the same character only, you know, Skinner is, you know, to, to borrow D&D terminology, he's like, you know, neutral good and and X is chaotic evil or something. You know, like it's just it, there there are two sides of the of the same coin in a sense. They're they're really the same person. Like you don't know a lot about Skinner either. I, I mean, he just he randomly shows up at the beginning of of the first episode episode and he's like uh why are you here what are you doing here go go home like you know and he could have called them on the phone to say that but no he's there to fly the flag he's there to uh, you know cow Mulder essentially into going back and if anything else i think Mulder I think Mulder and Scully both respect him at this point because hmm. he's shown time and time again that he is there to protect his agents more than anything else. But and he also has no time for the cigarette smoking man yeah. and all those people. But at the same time, like he's still their boss and Mulder to some degree yeah. still doesn't trust him. Yeah, I don't think I, I think Mulder and Scully could say that they are never going to be directly harmed by Skinner as much as any time someone finds Skinner in their apartment and as many times as. Skinner and the agents have been in Mexican standoffs with each other because this is like the second or third time, right? Like, I don't think, yeah. you know, Skinner is never going to hurt them. He's not going to be nice to them. He's not going to be kind to them. He's not going to be friendly and warm and make them a cup of tea and explain everything to him. Like, you're... Pl- y- Skinner thinks he's the main character in a lot of ways, and that Scully and Mulder yeah. are his supporting cast. And I mean, there is another show, the the Skinner Show, which is just him going around, and these two annoying agents keep causing trouble for him, and he doesn't owe them as much as they want from him, and, and all of those things. But he, they are still on the same side, and he is going to do what he can to make sure that they. Which is not to say that he won't get them in trouble for doing something wrong or he won't hold them yeah. accountable for anything. I think Mulder, Mulder, because Mulder thinks he's the protagonist, feels like, oh, I'm the cool guy who can get away with flouting all the rules because, you know, something I have decided I have a higher moral purpose. And I'm not necessarily against that worldview, incidentally. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, certainly I think that, that Mulder, I don't know. I, I think that, that Mulder gets a little tiresome sometimes, certainly. And I think that, that Mulder thinks that, uh, his, you know, the rightness of his quest is going to protect him in a way and he can do whatever he wants. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that. I, I think that part of it is, is that we know at this point that the shadowy guys on 45th street in New York city, um, who I'm just going to have to call the syndicate. Like they're that's what they're called. Okay. So I'm just going to call them that's, that. Yeah. Um, oh no! That... Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but like they're this sort of like quasi governmental agency, or they're outside of yeah. the government. You know, we don't know who they are, right? But they've got some sort of interest in protecting Mulder and Scully and keeping them alive because. There is nothing keeping. Them. I mean, in a certain hmm. sense, Mulder and Scully have plot armor, but. I think the show does a pretty good job of justifying why they don't just shoot them in the head. Yeah, because they keep they're under the aegis of different people and Senator Matheson has you know ha, ha, has a little protection over Mulder. That runs out quickly. Deep Throat has protection over Mulder. That runs out quickly. Deeper Throat vaguely has you know protection over him. Mulder's father has a little influence. Like 
may again the, this influence is not permanent in any case and right. certainly there are pl- cer- certainly if you want to get to Mulder you just kill Mulder's father first who ha- doesn't have that protection and then the protection is gone um but yeah they 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 are alive because somebody up there likes them in a way i i certainly think so yeah and I do wonder about the I mean I don't want to get too far into analyzing the the structure of the syndicate yeah. but the the one thing that I think is very weird is how credulous Scully is about all of this. She has something in her that makes her trust kindly old white men and I don't know what it is. I mean because she's got the 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 British guy who showed up at her sister's funeral I think. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, okay, sure. You tell me whatever you want and I'll believe you. And then you got the other guy now that sounds like he's a mafia guy, uh, showing up in this episode who was also in the shadowy room on 45th street, um, who it's basically telling her all this stuff. And I guess it's true because there is a bomb and, you know, kind of like, what is he telling her that's true? And what is he not telling her that's true? But like, she will believe, she believes people for some reason. And I I don't know why. And I don't know if that's like a character, an interesting character flaw that the show is putting forward for Scully, that maybe she's a little too credulous sometimes, or, you know, it's just a way to move the plot forward. I don't know. But like, she, she believes deeper throat when, and he says not to get on the train and she's trying to convince Mulder to not get on the train and Mulder gets on the train anyway because that's who Mulder is that's what he's going to do always mm-hmm. uh and then you know like i said in in 731 she she listens to the syndicate guy so it's a little strange to me why she's doing that yeah she even says you know i finally got what i need i got proof i believe this again one could i can square the two circles of and experimentation on humans and alien human hybrids as there is the government at some government group and it's doing unethical experimentation. I mean, that's the commonality between the two. At the end of the day, there is a wrong that does need to be stopped and it almost doesn't matter what it really is. But I, I, I don't know. I keep thinking about something I've been thinking a lot about lately, especially with the current administration. I mean, when you see people who are like, yes, fucking Trump, yeah, you can imagine what their relationship was like with their fathers, right? You know, when somebody has a, (laughs) when somebody has the view of God as this vindictive asshole is going to punish everybody, you know, they probably didn't come from a nice household at home. And look who Scully's father was. I mean, he was, in the one episode we saw, I mean, I forget that actor's name, but he plays the gruff military man with a heart of gold and, you know, a kind softness under very well. And mm-hmm, you get the mm-hmm. sense that, yes, maybe he wasn't, the, you know, maybe he wasn't huggy kissy. But at the end of the day, Scully knew how her father felt about her and, you know, what he was thinking and all of that. And I doubt that her father lied to her much. I doubt that her father did anything to put her in danger or that was not you know, giving her a very good care. I mean, she, she at a very young age, you know, not only had a medical career, but left it to have a career in the FBI. She had a good education. She had a good upbringing. And yeah, I mean, maybe that is the case. She sees, it may be a very subtle thing as in just, you know, she's programmed to believe that a certain kind of behavior is good. I mean, I, I, I again, I don't think that 
I mean, and meanwhile, look at the relationship that Mulder had with his dad. His father, as we found out, sold out his daughter to somebody. And mm-hmm. as a result, the parents' marriage broke up. He was never really able to reconnect with his son after what he did. And Mulder has grown up paranoid, suspicious of everybody in authority. It's not – I don't think that's incidental. Yeah, no, I don't think it's incidental either, and I, I do think that's a good way to look at it because you're right that one of the things that is kind of a through line of the X Files is daddy issues. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I also, I mean, I also think that that you know this might be something that would be more explicit if this television show was was being made now. Yeah. But I, but I do think that there is an undercurrent in the character of Scully that is dealing with the fact that she is a woman mm. uh, in an environment that is dominated by men and yeah. you know all of the syndicate guys are men that we've seen Mulder's a man obviously deeper throats a man skinner's a man like i think that there i think part of it is that scene in Mulder's apartment when she pulls the gun on deeper throat and really Mulder should get a security system at this <laughs> point because like he needs- <laughs> but i mean after a while it's like what's the point they're gonna get into the security system they have the resources to do it so it's it's uh, yes you don't need to make it easier for them but oh so it'll take them 10 minutes to get into your apartment as opposed to five like now, now i'm imagining a uh an elaborate series of home alone <laughs> traps but uh anyway i i think that part of that scene is scully is just really tired and pissed off that that men keep telling her what to do essentially and she's like no she's because does she call him a son of a bitch or something i mean but she tries to but it's still 1995 so it's cut short but yes yeah and so like i think there is something to that where she's getting really sick of this and i also think that it's informed by frankly the incredibly disturbing experience she has with the with the mufon people what what people? The Mufon people, like Betsy Hagopian and and oh, uh, I I don't know what you mean by Mufon people. I didn't know that term. That's what they're called. I think it's like mutual UFO society. Okay, it or something. wasn't. I don't think it was mentioned in this episode. The 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 point is, oh my god, that scene where they're all like, yes, we all have one, and they're all like pulling out these like pill bottles or like tiny vials, like with oh my god. <laughs> Because, I mean, that's the thing is, is this is why I said earlier in this conversation that I think this these two episodes are primarily about Scully getting personally invested in the alien mythology because or the conspiracy, because she happens upon this group of women that have all had a very similar experience to to what happened to her. And they all had this chip implanted in their neck. And it's very creepy and it's shot very well. It's just on the right side of alarming. And. Then it gets even further down that road when they show up to see Betsy Hagopian get her radiation treatments because she's dying of cancer. Her body is <laughs> like not even that she has cancer. They say something like her body is riddled with tumors. I mean, it's just it's the most horrifying form of cancer possible. I think they even uh, say like a cancer condition or but but the, the and there is something like they say it's unknown or something. They make it clear that. They don't. The doctors don't quite understand why she's developing tumors all this much. They can't track why it's metastasizing this way. Like, the, yeah. And and so there is a there. There's elements of like what what the government did with like the Tuskegee mm. experiments, and the show even mentions something similar to that um, when you start talking about the apology as policy thing, which we'll get yeah. to because Chris Carter likes to you know have phrases like that. But I don't know. It's just. 
Scully is so deeply disturbed by all of that, and she doesn't know what to make of that information. And, yeah. you know, she she knew something was up with that implant because she ran it over the, the scanner in the grocery store. Yeah. And it went haywire. So she knew that something was going on with that, and then she takes it to, to Agent Pendrel, uh, who, by the way, should get his own spinoff because he's adorable. Another um, in the long line of X-Files techs having these, you know, great characters, just very tiny. He's adorable. Um, I think he was. I think he's been in the show before, actually. Okay, I think. Um, yeah, because I just I, I love how they're like letting him have a little bit more of a personality <laughs> and a little like like he's got a tiny little plot arc, you know, yeah. where he's like kind of has a crush on Scully and says stupid things. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I guess I want to say about this is that this is going maybe with what we just said about Scully trusting you know, white men. Here we have Scully is in a group of is in a room with a group of a couple dozen women. And I mean, the terrifying part of that to me is these are only the women that they knew who were in, you know, let's say an hour's drive of, you know, Betsy's house. Imagine how many women in the country have, have this, uh, could have been, you know, are in this club. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But she has, is in a room of women who could probably answer a question. She doesn't really seem to trust them. She doesn't, seem to ask too many questions and she immediately goes goes over to dude and says help me figure this out right which i think is is instructive for how scully is is handling all this frankly Uh, but but aside from that i mean i think that that it, it is furthering the it is furthering the mystery of what exactly happened to scully and i think that what it really comes down to for me is that you know that whatever wherever that stuff goes is wherever it goes, and we'll we'll find out where yeah. it goes. But you know, will Scully actually get cancer? Will she not get cancer? Were they telling her the truth? I mean, they could it could it it could be a complete uh, coincidence that this character of Betsy Hagopian has this yeah. cancer. I mean, there's no evidence that they're all going to get cancer. It seems kind of like a weird thing to assume, but we know that the government or someone is doing something with people. We know that they're doing some sort of experiments. We know that they are now, of course, uh, the Japanese are doing something uh, a little bit shady. There is something going on. And I think that the, I mean, the height, the height of the mythology stuff really comes, I think with the first X-Files movie. Um, And it kind of makes about as much sense as it ever does. Well, I'll say I've seen, and again, I've seen the movie and that was kind of my introduction to the X-Files, so I had, I had no idea what the fuck was going on on it. But Yeah, that was not a good movie to just walk into cold yeah. without ever seeing the X-Files <laughs> before. Because um, it pretty much like acts as a capper for the first five seasons of the show. Yeah, I'm really but excited anyway. to actually see it for a second time knowing, knowing what's going on, because... You know, it was the kind of thing where, like, 15 minutes in, I my friend got tired of explaining what was going on, and I got tired of asking. Oh, we're not watching the movie. We're skipping it. Are we? No, we're not skipping it. Of course we're watching it. I was going to say, what the fuck? Who are you? (laughs) We watch the goddamn animated series every single episode. We have to watch the X-Files movie. I sat (laughs) through the one with the, what what the fuck, uh, Insurrection. I sat through Insurrection. I like insurrection, but that's a that's a different conversation. And you can listen to that episode if you go to trekaboutshow.com. <laughs> so what do you make of the return of Senator Matheson? Why why is he back all of a sudden? Um 
You know, I mean, I, I'm glad the show didn't forget about him, but it's almost quaint to check in with him again, right? Like, he was part of this first season. I mean, uh, uh, again, I laughed at, at Mulder's line. I have friends in the Senate who can help me out. And, you know, we've seen we've seen Matheson's connection be used, you know, as a powerful connection. We've seen Mattis, uh, Matheson stop taking his calls and, you know, run out of his usefulness. Now him right. appearing again, and, I mean, my question is, who told Matheson to call Mulder up? I mean, that, that, that's what I'm going to be thinking about. I mean, if the show is making me paranoid and question everyone's motives, I think the show made it clear that Matheson's power has more or less run out. Maybe this is just simply, like, the last thing, he, one of the last things he can do for Mulder. He can at least get him this list, you know, or, or whatever, but I I don't see Matheson as the powerful figure that he was in season one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think I think this is the last time we see him. I'm I'm not completely positive on that, but I, I think it is. And you're right, like part of it for me is that that Matheson feels like he's from a different version of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one which was maybe going to go in a very different direction than than how the show is developing or how the mythology stuff is developing, but the other part of it is that for a lot of for a lot of the X Files, I mean, people make fun of the fact that Scully uh, goes through all of these experiences, and Mulder is always proven right, yeah. and Scully every single episode is still like, "No, your theory is wrong because of science," right? And yes, you can make fun of that, sure, but I think that. Scully's purpose in this show is to act as Mulder's Mulder's gut check in a way. Yeah. And M- Mulder is someone who can go off and, and spin out these crazy theories and get really sucked into things. But more than that, Mulder is someone who is very easy to use and Scully is not. And I think that what is going on here is that Mulder is being used. He's being used by Senator Matheson. He's being used by the syndicate. He's being used by whoever, you know, and and he doesn't realize it. And I think Scully at the end of, of 731 especially is trying to beat that into him where yeah. it's kind of a war game situation. Like the only way to win the game is not to play. And I think Mulder is incapable of not playing the game. He's yeah. always going to get suckered into it. But Scully is there to try to convince him not to. And I don't know that she's going to be successful at that, but I think that at least Mulder is starting to realize that he shouldn't blindly trust people, even if they say they have his best intentions at heart, <laughs> like Senator Matheson. Well, you know, now here's the question that I'm thinking of is that, again, we have these two versions of what's going on is that, you know, there are aliens, alien human hybrids, and all of that stuff. And we know from seeing other episodes uh, that Mulder will be laughed at if he tries to seriously uh, push this theory. Uh, Anytime he mentions the supernatural, whoever is not Scully in the the room, you know, either laughs or gets angry. You know, if you're you're wasting my time with this, you know, the killer's a ghost. Shut up. You know, I'm a cop, you know. Scully's version of the story that the government is, you know, that as a, you know, past Operation Paperclip, which is documented, which exists, the Mm -hmm. government sponsored certain scientists who, 
in an effort to create super soldiers, experimented on people in order to, you know, figure out ways of getting people, you know, getting soldiers protected from radiation. You know, you drop an atom bomb and then just have a bunch of people who are immune to the effects walk in and kill everybody else. Uh, That's a version of the story that no less horrendous, no less dramatic, but which seems to have more of a grounding in reality. If the... Let's pretend that the alien plot is right, that Mulder is the one who is right. Even if he goes to the public and tells that, they're going to view him as a crank. Scully may be able to convince the public of something that may not be exactly the truth, but is close enough to the truth that it has the same effect. In other words, it's unethical for the government to lie. Would it be ethical for Scully and Mulder to come up with this half version of the truth that's palatable in order that some justice still gets meted out? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, and I and think that that's I, I like that the show is kind of making me ask that question. Right, because I, I think that that what what that makes me think is that Scully is the one who is is stepping aside from this. And she is the one who is essentially arguing that they don't know what's going on. And that it's it's frankly it's irresponsible of them yeah. to interfere in this. They they don't know what the point of any of this is. They don't really know what's going on. They have absolutely no evidence of of malfeasance, really. I mean, certainly I think that that they've seen things that are bad and they have seen uh crimes being committed, but but they don't have any evidence of it. Yeah, as uh, far I mean, as it could be, you know, everything could be isolated. Dr. Sarah's dead. His experiments will not continue, you know, as far as they know. Right, like she sees the pits of bodies, but she doesn't know who's killing them, and she doesn't know what's going on. But but I think they know that something odd is going on. But but Mulder's inclination is to immediately become the guy from Network and yell and rant and rave in public about it, and that's not going to get them anywhere. And you know, I don't know what they want, and I think that part of it is that maybe you're already starting to see that the mythology has a limited shelf life like there's only so far that there's only so so long they can spin this yeah. out and as it gets further and further away from the sort of i mean i'm going to say grounded reality of season one even though it's <laughs> kind of ridiculous uh i mean what was going on with like purity control for instance um it is the case that the show just doesn't care yeah. like it, and, and and to talk about the mythology as if it was a coherent narrative, I think, is missing the point, as we said earlier. Yeah. You talked about this apology has become policy line as this kind of Chris Carter aphorism. And the one that I really like on this is Mulder saying, you know, I want an apology for the truth because of how sad that is. Like, I, I don't—it's it, it, a very—in a way, that's kind of a both— a very noble thing to want and a very lame thing to want at the same time. I don't know. Like, like there's Mulder believes in the truth, right? At, at the end of the day, what is Mulder's moral alignment? He wants the truth. He thinks that the truth should, always, he's a sunlight is the best disinfectant kind of a guy. He thinks that right. you reveal everything, you show everybody everything. And, they're going to understand immediately that, no, this is bad, this is wrong. And 
I mean, again, we are in a, we're in a world in which sunlight's the best disinfectant. Let's give, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos a platform and, you know, he's on TV and getting attention now. Like, like that's Mulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mulder's the one who thinks that these are going to just – just revealing the truth is going to set us free. And Scully recognizes, number one, how much people are willing to go to hide the truth, how much people will willingly – disbelieve the truth if they i mean because scully is adjacent to the truth all the time and she can't quite believe without the proof and even when she has the proof the proof can possibly be twisted in order to give a different version of it you know she can still know most of what's going on and i think be satisfied with knowing most of what's going on uh because again as a scientist she recognizes that she can't have the whole truth she has a scientist's version of the truth Mulder has more of a philosophical or literary version of the truth in him. Yeah, I think that's right because I don't know. Scully is is kind of the wild card in all of these mm. mythology episodes, of course, because she doesn't. Well, until her sister is murdered, and now the fact that she she has this this you know even yeah. even more personal thing about the the chip and is she going to get cancer and what's going to go on with that. In, and who was making it? It's a Japanese company, et cetera, et cetera. Is I don't know that she necessarily cares very much, yeah. and I think that obviously she does now because she has a personal stake in it. But before all of that happened, I don't think that she really cared, and I think that her motivation was protecting Mulder. Now Mulder's motivation was something very different than that, obviously. Uh, but now that she does have a personal stake in it, I, I feel like she's going to be more involved in this stuff and she is going to be a little more willing to kind of go with Mulder in this stuff. But I don't know. It's just, well, she seems to me almost, especially in her, when she joins this group and they say, you know, you're one of us, you've been subjected to the same violations that we have. I mean, this reminds me almost of when people are talking you know women are sexually assaulted to this percentage and you know you know you deal with the patriarchy in this way and stuff and scully's the one who was saying i don't deal with this i'm an fbi agent i went to med mm-hmm. school everything's okay yes i'm a woman but i've gotten over all of that this doesn't affect me and this is her recognizing that no this does affect me i am uh, victim may not be you know is a fairly loaded term but i am affected by the patriarchy represented by the government experimentation in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And, and I guess maybe the, the, the last thing um, to talk about before we wrap this episode up is, is the, the bomb on the train and just the train in general. There's a bomb on the train. Like, (laughs) right. Like, okay. So we've got this guy (laughs) assassin who says he works for the NSA. I mean, come on, he doesn't work for the NSA. I I, I Uh, love how, I hate this guy. It's wonderful. He, like, and he's like, oh, well, you know, there's a bomb, so I had to use a garrote. Well, he's fucking garroted everybody on this episode. He just likes to garrote people like that. that- right, yeah. Like, he just likes to strangle people. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, in bathrooms. That's, like, his thing. Um, but he's, he's someone is telling him to go wipe these yeah. Japanese scientists out to cover something up. Okay, fine. I mean, I think that that's, like, if you read between the lines – Someone is someone is doing the cover up work for this because someone like went to the research institute and, you know, murdered all of the aliens or whoever they were. 
and someone is sending this guy out to murder the Japanese scientists. I mean, this is something that's going on. The diplomat who knows karate, which is like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that was the one thing in the episode where you're like, really, guys? Okay. 1995. He's, he's Japanese, and he has to fight like in martial arts. Well, I mean, I All guess right. th- I, the implication I got there was the guy isn't actually a diplomat. Uh, you know, he he's... He has the title of diplomat, but he's really a hitman, and so he yeah, but it's so like, he would on, know. So, but yeah, I know. It, it, Nineteen ninety-five is all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad he didn't like yell. Did he yell? Maybe he did. Anyway, uh, and then you get this thing with the train, and Mulder's on the train, and there's this alien or whatever, yeah. and they say he has hemorrhagic fever, which is obviously a lie. I mean, that's just like transparently a lie, and and. Like, but they have a bomb on the train and they're going to blow it up. And ha- like, why? That, that's like the thing is like, what? It just what? seems like the. Fi- so the, the implication that I got was that they're taking this alien someplace to be disposed of. I, I, I got the sense this was a disposal operation and they would prefer to do this in a place where they could also have the body and do their experiments on it and all of that, that, you know, or maybe they are just taking it to a facility too. Uh, as the fail safe in case Dr. Zara gets killed as what happens, well, he wants to destroy all evidence of this. So in other words, nothing, uh, is discovered. I mean, I think Zara or whoever he's working for has a vested interest in keeping this a secret. And if, you know, a bomb explodes and kills a bunch of people, well, they can just say terrorists and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. And and I guess that that at the end of the day they don't care. Yeah. They don't care very much about collateral damage. Well, so. we saw that for, you know from the moment that, you know, they drugged Mulder's entire apartment building and, you know, his neighbor shot her husband and whatever. You know. Yeah, that is true. I mean that yeah, the the show has made it clear that like these are not yeah. great people. <laughs> if if anything else you can take away from the mythology episodes so far that we've seen, these are not great people. These are sh- it's a show that the bad guys have a ends justify the means view to everything. In other words, it doesn't matter how many people get killed at the end of the day, you know, our goals are so much more important and us failing our goals is so much worse than x number of people getting killed by a bomb. And yeah. I think Mulder and Scully are trying to be on you know we you can't have good ends with evil means yeah yeah i think that's right all right well i think that's it for this episode of the podcast if you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of the x-files we just discussed nisei or 731 please leave a comment on the post for this episode at tuninginshow.com oh just a quick question 731 where did that title come from oh that was the uh what was that that was like the that was the train number okay. or something because it was it was mentioned yeah i looked up nisei and apparently it's a term for uh so people immigrate from japan to the u.s and they have children that the children's generation is called the nisei generation or the second generation is what it means very appropriate okay. for an episode that's possibly about alien human hybrids that makes sense i like it you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, which coincidentally enough also supports our other podcast, Truckabout. This week is a very, very exciting week for Truckabout as we talked about the first two episodes of the first brand new Star Trek show in a very long time, ever since Enterprise was canceled way back in 2005. 
And I think we would all take George W. Bush back as president now. Which <laughs> is a very strange thing to say, but uh, go to truckaboutshow.com and check that out. If you give us $5 a month or more, you get access to all of our patron specials. We have done uh, a lot of them. I don't remember exactly how many. We've been doing them for almost two years now. The one that we're releasing next week is going to be about uh, Alien, the, the franchise, the movies. Um, so check that out. Patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning in show is our username. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. It is the best way for people to find the show. Next week, we are talking about revelations and war of the Coprophages. Mac, why do you...